Welcome to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast from the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisor Group Studios. You can check out all things O'Connor Advisor Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out the Facebook page, Coach Bo Knows Show. You can also email us at show at gmail.com. This is episode 17.5. So, of course, the point five, we have our wonderful co-host, um, token girl herself, Ellen Wigginter is with us. E, how you doing? Hello, hello. So are you staying COVID-free? Uh, I am staying COVID-free so far. I mean, since uh, the KU game got canceled last night, I didn't get that exposure. Man, so uh, we'll, we'll see what... It's these streets. It's, um, it's intense. So I guess from what I understand that the teams have been in communication yesterday because CU knew that they had positive tests, but uh, Pat Boyle was like, if I can put seven on the floor, we'll play. And I had gone to the KU alumni event last night and all of a sudden the chancellor comes out and he's like, I've got good news and I've got bad news. We're not playing. I don't know what the good news was. I don't remember. (laughs) Um, So yeah. And it just went to shenanigans from there. <laughs> well, the shenanigans were really fun. So they, they were fun. Yeah. Had a had a really nice time. So I heard dominating the streets. I see what you're doing there. Yep. Yep. There and it was wild. Like Boulder was just packed of with KU people. Wow. So it's that time of year. It's a good time. We're all being cooped up and yeah, you know, and everything else. And I gotta tell you, I'm going back inside for two weeks. I, you might as well. I, I'm not messing around. I'm not messing around this week of Christmas. I'm gonna do the couple things I got to do here. I'm, you know, I'm at, I'm gonna be at the office a little bit, but very little. I'm gonna be very little at the office next week. I can always work from home. I'm gonna just kind of, I'm gonna let this Omicron just kind of work its way through everybody else and avoid it. Yeah, I got my boost today, so I'm happy though. Nice. Hopefully, you don't have any uh, setbacks with that tomorrow. No, I hope not. And um, but I didn't, you know, I don't have a whole lot the rest of this week. I mean, we're recording with us today. It's Wednesday. Today's so. Wednesday. Yep. Yeah. So we're recording a couple of days early. We usually record on Thursday. We're going to record Wednesday because you know, with the holidays, we got stuff going on. I'm supposed to go to a holiday party tomorrow night, so we would normally be recording. So we'll have some fun with this one. So what I want to kind of start out with is the kind of the serious stuff in sports, and that's that the NFL, really everything. We talked a little bit last week about the, the NHL and the N- NBA having mm-hmm. uh, COVID breakouts, but now the NFL is getting it. Yeah. Three weeks to go in the regular season. The NFL is got all sorts of problems in these streets when it comes to COVID. We've got locally in Kansas City, both Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, two big names in the Chiefs, Yep. Both tested positive. Um, now, from my understanding, that I've seen that Kelsey is vaccinated. Yeah. He is likely to be able to test out in time before the Chiefs game on Sunday. Assuming um, it happens on Sunday. Assuming it happens. A little bit of talk already about the Chiefs game possibly moved to Tuesday. Um, but then I think it was 10 others. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty big uh, group of guys yeah. on the team. I mean, so I we were talking last week, and I was wondering. I didn't really know this till this morning. Was why haven't these teams been been told they're going to have to forfeit? One of the things we were told earlier in the season 
was that if that the NFL wasn't going to have a tolerance for this shit. It was going to mm-hmm. be, hey, if you can't fill the team because you got too many guys in COVID protocol, you're going to forfeit some games. Right. I did a little reading, and uh, this is on ESPN.com, and I want to give the proper credit to Kevin, Se- Kevin Seifert on this. And this is one of the questions in his question and answer thing here. Uh, one of them says, you know, why haven't teams been made to forfeit? We've had a couple of games moved already. Yep. Last week, um, and he said the NFL told teams in July that they would forfeit a game if the game could not be rescheduled and if the outbreak originated with an unvaccinated player. So the NFL, from what I also read in the same article, 94% of players in the NFL have been vaccinated. Um, nearly okay. 100% of the football staff members have been vaccinated and the football staff members tier one and tier two, which is all football operations. People mm-hmm. must be vaccinated by December the 27th. Okay. Or they will not be working. That's per new NFL rules. That does not include players, but any staff, any sideline staff, any um, staff working directly with players will have to be vaccinated. So that's support staff. That's, uh, people in the facility, anybody, yeah. anybody in the offices, that kind of thing. So I applaud the NFL for making a stand. It's just this is going to get tough. and It is. And I think that it's going to be – we're going to see more games get moved. And it's especially tricky with three weeks to go. Mm-hmm. So many teams that are in the playoff hunt. Um, I pulled it up here a moment ago. Let me get it back up here. I mean, some of the numbers we've seen. So, like in the in the AFC, to give you an idea, mm-hmm. the seventh seed right now is Buffalo at eight and six. Baltimore is also at eight and six. They're out of the playoffs right now, but within one game to go to seven and seven, you go clear down to Denver at thirteen. So you have. 13 of 16 teams in the conference that are playing for three weeks to go that are playing for a playoff spot. Yeah. And, you know, they have more flexibility to move games with college yeah. football not being on Saturdays, so they can really start messing around with calendars. But yeah. then you start stacking stuff in a way that, you know, with the end of the season, you've got injuries mounting up and bodies are just tired i just don't know how they're going to manage some of this well there was a big fight argument between the cleveland browns players and the raiders players this past week that game got moved to monday Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be on sunday and uh first we saw baker mayfield we talked about that on last week's pod yeah Mayfield was whining and bitching about you know what can't we move the game and this and that and 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 I, we, I was the one giving Baker Mayfield a lot of grief about it, and I stand by that. Mm-hmm. And here's why I stand by it. Some teams are having outbreaks. Some aren't. In my view, the Raiders got penalized to make a team, to make a game be moved. I think if you got one team that can't field enough players, they should forfeit the game. And if they can't – or go play the player. Go play other players. Pick some people up. Use your practice squad. you got ten players that can't play – you find 10 more. And if that's yeah. a problem, then then forfeit the game. Well, so you know. Advantage to have teams that are going through the protocol correctly 
and aren't having those problems. You know, I mean, and I don't care if it's not my favorite team. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a particularly a Raider fan, but the Raiders sure. did everything right. And they didn't have these sort of same issues that the Browns had. You know, the Chiefs have 10 players in COVID protocol. Well, damn it, that's their problem. That's not whoever the Chiefs play this week's problem. Yeah, it's just one of those things, though, that given the fact that the NFL set it up as an and instead of an or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing of it is, is that I think the summer and when the season started, everyone kind of was thinking we were all on the backside of all this. Yeah, I agree. And now with the new variant, we're just kind of stuck back where we were last December. And it feels like we are living hellish Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Well, when we were seeing the variant doesn't seem to be as people aren't as sick on this variant. Right. You usually passing through fairly quickly in fairly low numbers as far as hospitalizations and certainly the mortality aspects of it. Yeah. Um, still, I would encourage people, and I'm not Dr. Fauci over here, but I mean, if you haven't gotten your booster shot or if you haven't gotten the vaccine at all, go get vaccinated. You know, protect yourself, protect your loved ones, you know, unless you've got some sort of underlying medical situation or, or a real religious ob- you know, observation, you know, obligation there. I get it. But, and again, I don't, and I don't have a problem with people who don't get vaccinated if they're still doing the things to protect themselves and others. Yeah. You know, the miracle people, I got problems with them. Yes. Yeah. And I just saw now um, Texas A&M had to pull out of the Gator Bowl because yes. they don't have enough players. <laughs> I was going to say something about that. Yeah. There goes Texas, Texas A&M in this case. Yeah. Leading the world in shitty fucking ideas. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah. Again, I just want to reiterate for the record that Louisiana is so much better than Texas. <laughs> um, our football is better. You know, our food is better. You know, Every time you get these Texans, these hardcore Texans, and they want to say, well, we want to start our own country. Well, let them, let them go. Go be your yeah. own country. It's, Let's uh, keep California and kick out Texas. It's wild. Um, I really, it's going to be, it's interesting to see what the leagues will do. You know, the NHL pulled out their players from yeah. the Winter Olympics. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the NBA is going to continue to struggle, of course. Yeah. NHL now, went on pause for the rest yeah, of the week. Yeah, the, the NHL does something smart around the Christmas holiday anyway. They don't play Christmas games. Right. They don't play any Christmas games. Um, they don't play Christmas Eve. So to them, it's just a couple days extra up front, and they're hoping to clear it that way. Yeah. The NBA, Christmas is one of the biggest days of the year. Yeah. <clears throat> and I saw four that. Four or five games just on, on ESPN and ABC all day long. Yeah. And yeah. now Luka, yeah, Luka Doncic just went into protocols. So you've got the Mavericks star player. Yeah. It's I mean, just, it's going to be one after another. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's just kind of the world that we live in right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it brings me to the point, I think I mentioned this, I can't remember if I was with you or if I was on Tyler's podcast, or maybe it was on the, maybe it might've been Monday's pod where I said, Hey, these NFL teams, there's three weeks left in the season. Go find a hotel. Yeah, we talked about that last week. That you know, if you're near the playoffs and you want to keep your team and your staff safe, 
we said, Andy Reid, go pick all your guys, take them over to mm-hmm. the Intercontinental for a week, for a month, and you won't have this problem. Yeah. You got 10 players. This has to happen. Someone has to be smart enough to think about this. You would think Cowboys so. Cowboys have got a hotel attached to the goddamn facility. Yes, yes. It almost makes me wonder that it won't happen this week. You would think after Christmas. Yes. I'd be having it. I'd already yeah. be having those plans in place. I'd be telling my guys already, guys, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We'll let you be with your people for Christmas. And you're going to come in and you're going to test as soon as you get here. If you test positive, we're going to put you in isolation for 48 hours. Yeah. You know, to see if you have any issues. We're going to test you out of there, but you're staying in the facility and we're going to have all sorts of food and shit done for you. We'll make sure we turn ballrooms into practice facilities weight rooms and everything else will make sure you get everything you could possibly want mm-hmm. but it's not going to be a happy new year's eve yeah no but no i just i mean if you're a top team if you're the, the chiefs if you're the packers cowboys why, why wouldn't you do that the patriots yeah. bucks you know? whomever yeah I mean, whomever it is i mean get your guys somewhere and say hey here's what we're going to do for a month you'll have after this weekend you'll have two more games mm-hmm and then if you're a, a Super Bowl contender, you're going to have three weeks of playoffs Yep. before the Super Bowl. So you're looking at a month, month and a half. And if we see that the variant goes down quite a bit, maybe we test you guys out for the week before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, there's ways you can do that be flexible near the end. I just – teams have got to start thinking like that. I mean, I'm not a billionaire. How come I'm thinking of these things? This is going to go to something we're going to talk about later. But this is where I need to own a team. Yeah, I, I, I think it makes sense. It's just how and when they pull the trigger. But if and this keeps... That, well, I mean, you know, is it a possibility the Players Association say, no, 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 we can't do that? Sure. There's going to be pushback from everybody on it. But, man, if you're the Packers, why can't you just go to Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, you're leader of this team? You know, and we know this. We got to do. Let's go do this. We want to make. We got to make one more run. This is how we protect ourselves. And even he would be like, "Okay, yeah." You you know, man. You go to Brady. (laughs) You go. I mean, with the Patriots, it's just Belichick. Yeah, but I mean, if you're the Chiefs, Andy Reid and Mahomes, you know, Mahomes is talking to players. Mm -hmm. Need someone they all follow. Hey guys, understand where we're at. Right. You know, understand this unique situation. And yeah, the Players Association is going to get mad because someone's going to be pissed because they watch too much Fox News. <clears throat> but tell them, well, what you watch Fox News all day long in your fucking hotel room. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Okay. All right. Well, let's get off that stuff for a while. Let's go back to the field for a bit here. It was an interesting weekend. So um, the Chiefs are now the number one seed. We thought seven weeks ago the Chiefs were done. Yep. They've won seven in a row. And we said that they would have to win eight out of ten, and they've won seven in a row and rolled, reeled it off. They're now one game smooth of everybody else. So it's going to take the Chiefs losing one of their last three games to, for the Patriots or for the Titans to catch them. Um, I don't suspect the Chiefs are going to lose one of those three games. Uh, they have, let me make sure I get this right because I don't want to be wrong. They have Steelers, Bengals, Broncos. Yep. In three weeks. 
Um, the Steelers are playing for their playoff lives. They so. are. And they, you know, they helped us out by winning yeah. on Sunday. So. so now you get the Steelers have a chance here. Um, the Bengals are no easy win. No. I, mean, I guess the, the Chiefs have a distinct advantage there. Their defensive line is much better than the Bengals' offensive line. So I'm guessing Joe Burrow is going to be wrapped in, wrapped in aluminum and uh, plastic wrap that whole game. I have bubble wrap around him and hold. I know, but and I also know you give uh, Bengals extra points just for having Joe Burrow. So yeah, but I mean, I would just wrap Joe Burrow and, and I just tell him he can't play that week. <laughs> the Chiefs' defensive line is going to just kill him. Yeah, um, I feel awful because they're going to drop. They're going to fall out. They're 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 eight and six right now. They're the division winner leader right now in the North. But mm-hmm. uh, the Bengals play the Ravens this week. And that game decides the tiebreaker. If the Bengals win, they'll have the tiebreaker because they've already beaten the Ravens once. And yep. If not, it goes to the next tiebreaker, which is likely going to go into the Ravens' favor. So the Bengals need that game. Uh, so we have we have those, you know, every week we have that one bigger, one or two big games. Mm-hmm. That's this one this week. I think we got a couple of them. We've got uh, this week. We've got um, let's see, it was Bengals Ravens. Steelers Chiefs the big game, yeah. Um, because again, the Steelers need that win to get into the playoffs. They lose that game, they're out. Mm-hmm. And then Buffalo New England decides the East. That'll be a fun game. Yeah, that'll be fun because I mean we're going to see. I mean it's time to see if Buffalo's if they're for real, they're going to mm-hmm. win the game. If they're not, then they're just a they're just a wannabe. Then we'll see because. You know Belichick's going to have something for him. Oh, absolutely. He, he beat him once. He beat him in Buffalo in the torrential downpour. <laughs> yeah. He those... threw the ball three times. Yeah. I'm going to do that again, which reminds me to bring up something here in a minute about that. So, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I write this down. Sorry, I take a little couple of notes sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I want to talk about that, that, that Buffalo game. Um, so, yeah, Buffalo, New England. So, really, we have, I think, the two biggest games of the weekend Buffalo, New England. And um, um, I'm just saying, um, that's the fun part when you can't find what you're fucking doing. Um, Steelers, right? Or the Ravens, uh, Bengals. Yeah. Ravens, Bengals. Yeah. So, uh, we got blessed with a great Sunday night game, Washington, Dallas. Now, you know what Sunday that Sunday is, right? No. The day after Christmas. So, Oh, I was like. Sunday's my birthday. Yes, it is it's, your birthday. It is my birthday. And Happy early really, birthday. Thank you. I don't really celebrate my birthday, but I do love football. And I, I thought that the obviously the schedule makers were not thinking of me when they did this because they made Washington-Dallas the Sunday night game, but my Saints are on Monday night. Can we just reverse those and the Saints can play on my birthday? I don't know. You know, why don't you just uh, shake some COVID on people and maybe they'll have to flip games. Kind of shake it on the Saints staff because <laughs> they played really, really well without Claude Payton trying to get cute out there yeah. last week. And how about that game? Did you watch the Bucks and the Saints on Sunday night? I did not. Okay. Um, do you know that Tom Brady only has a losing record against one team in the NFL in his career? My guess is, is that it's the Saints. It is the New Orleans Saints. Tom Brady is four and five in his career against the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. I mean, that was just part of my issues with my fantasy football loss to you this week. Yeah. Was 
Brady's shitty, shitty game. Yeah. I had Judy score no points. Um, My team was just horrendous this week. So congratulations on the win. Yeah. So it didn't help. Uh, Let's, let's talk about that. Let's just take a veer off here for a minute. We'll give everybody the update. This will be the last coach Bono's podcast update until the championship game, because as you know, I lost. I beat you, but I'll yeah. So we have four teams go to the playoffs in our league. We don't do any sissy, you know, six, eight teams, all that good stuff. No, we don't, we don't do it that way. Four teams out of 12 make the playoffs and everybody plays. We don't play week 18. So I, I'm going to start congratulating people. Paul Hayward has played his way to the number one seed. That bothers me. Yeah, it's Polly. Yeah. Hey, congrats, Polly. You played yourself to the number one seed. Uh, Mike McHugh and Uncle Rico are, are both the two and three seeds. They're the two highest seeded teams of the four teams that finished nine and six. Now, okay. I needed to win, and both of them win their games, and I would have been the fourth seed. Unfortunately, even though I won, and I was the highest scorer of all those teams through the season. Neither Uncle Rico or Big Mike could finish up their jobs. Both of them lost. And we're going to have to give it up to our boy Brandon Wallace, who's going to be on the show soon. Uh, B-Dog sneaks in there after winning, I think, four out of five here at the end to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen this before. The tiebreaker was total points for the season. Okay. Our, our guy B-Dog, who we've known for so many years and loved dearly. Mm-hmm. 1,444.84 points. Thomas Jones from the uh, – I mean, Thomas, Thomas Bridges from the Jones Report. 1,443.36. One point four eight points that's ridiculous one tenth of one percent tom sent me a text message at like 11 30 after the um after the last game on tuesday night and it was i cannot believe i'm going to miss the playoffs by one point <sighs> it's frustrating i've lost several games this season by one point or less and yeah. this is just how it's gone i guess so I have a little bit of a tear for Thomas. That's just too, that margin of error is so slim. I, yeah. You know, I, I, so we'll give an update to the winners. We won't get in depth with them. We'll, and we will let the champion will come on and get to talk trash on everybody except for me because <laughs> it's my show. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it all figured out. So we'll have updates for next week. So it'll be, uh, let's see. B-Dog will be going against uh, Hayward, and it will be Uncle Rico and Mike in the battle of We Let Bo Down uh, yeah. in the other semifinal. So Nice. Um, yeah. I do have another league. I'm going to shout out somebody. You know Corey. You know our boy Corey Eaton. DJ yeah. Mr. Eaton. Uh, if you're looking for a DJ, DJ Mr. Eaton is awesome. And he's one of our guys, and he's in our league. Uh, he also has a league that he's been in for years. I've been in his league for years. I've won it a couple times. My son won it last year. Uh, we both made the playoffs this year, Peyton and I. We have it worked out. 
Peyton, my son, is the number one seed. I'm the number six seed. They do that weird one and two get a bye kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win two games as the sixth seed, and then I, after your advice, I'm gonna play it out with him at the end because it, it could not yes. work out the way we'd play before the championship game. So if it is a father son championship game. Which I think it will be. I think I'm, I'm confident enough in my team. I'm gonna have a talk with my team. My team, my guys are all going to a bubble. We've already discussed. Okay. It. We've already okay. just got a team meeting. We've already discussed it. You know, I don't have to worry about Kelsey or Tyreek Hill or anybody like that. No, I, my guys are in a bubble. Okay. I told them all, you can't go anywhere for Christmas. Stay home. Stay healthy. Wear your mask. Get your booster if you haven't done it yet. All my guys, all my guys, all agree. We had a Zoom call earlier today. Talked about all right. So, but we're going to go through, we're going to win this thing. I'm going to win by being the sixth seed and beat the three, the two, the one in a row. Um, I think that would be lovely. And then you could just hold it over Peyton for that's a what solid year. That's what he did last year. Last year, yeah. he was the sixth seed and he won when he beat the three, the two, and the one in a row. So, like son, like father this time, I'm going to get it done. That's enough fantasy football talk. So I know people get bored by that. Um, hey, I got some power ratings though. I did I redid power ratings this week. All right, all the games. So uh, you want one to five, five to one, five to one, five to one. Okay. Even though they lost to my Saints last week, Tampa's still five. Okay. Um, I, they, it was the anomaly. I mean, the Saints just have Tom Brady's number somehow, some way. They just do. Um, four. I moved the Patriots down a little bit, but. They have the goat for the coach, and they're they're going to still be there at the end. Um, The next two are the controversial ones. People are going to be like, how can you rate one this high and this one this low? I have the Chiefs at three. Um, Okay. I I, I, I want to hear two and one before I make any argument. I have the Rams at two. The Rams are back. Are they? Yep. The Rams are back. Okay. The Rams are in first place. The Rams are going to end up getting the two seed. The Rams are back. And I have the Packers at one. I watched maybe a series of the second half of that game against my Bears, and it was just ugly. Yeah. So ugly. Yeah. I LaFleur is a great coach. Yeah. That team's been riddled with injuries. And I don't mean COVID injuries. I mean just fucking everybody get hurt. Right. And Rodgers just keeps tearing. He just, he, you know what I've said about him? I think he's the best skilled quarterback of all time. I don't really like some of his positions on his physician, Joe Rogan, but, you know, I, I can let some of that stuff slide. I, I still have those two teams ahead of the Chiefs. Um, I'm very open to the Chiefs moving up. But I'm just really high on the Rams because the defense, and I think Stafford looked incredible this past game. I just think I think Stafford's finally settled in. They're still in offensively. Cooper yeah. Cup's great. Odell Beckham's giving them something now. And they're running the ball when they want to run the ball. And so I like the Rams. I think that the Rams could be the one team that can beat the Packers in the in the NFC. And I think we're seeing in the AFC Chiefs, the Patriots. Those are the two teams there. Buffalo yeah. can play their way into it. 
if they beat the Patriots this week. But we'll see what happens there. So that's my five. Okay. I, I still, I would flip the Rams and the Chiefs. And a lot, but, and, I can, and I, people are going to get on me about that. But yeah. I'm telling you, I think the Rams are for real. And I just, I, I can't help but when I watch a Rams game to watch their defense. Okay. Really good. Yeah. And Donald's incredible. Yeah, he is. I mean, it's... I have only seen one defensive lineman in my life who's at his level. And that, that was Reggie White. Okay. I mean, he is in Reggie White's class now, which if you know me, I say Reggie White's one of the three best football players I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald is in that argument now. And Jalen Ramsey's just ungodly good. Yeah. I mean, the few games I've caught have been fun to watch. Yeah. Um, we'll just see if they can finish out the season. Yeah. The big thing I also like is that Stafford's throwing the ball well. And uh, mm-hmm. he's comfortable in that system finally. It, I think the Rams are where the Bucks were this time one year ago. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So um, I would have the Bucks possibly higher. I think Leonard Fournette being hurt is going to really hurt the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, I know uh, Antonio Brown is coming back this week. Yeah. And, and he'll replace um, Chris Godwin. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I think the end of the season, regardless of the team, it's just going to come down to COVID. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, the wrong player goes out, whether that's yeah. whether it's one of these quarterbacks or if it's Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey or yep. Micah Parsons for the Cowboys. Well, I think this defensive player of the year, um, I think he's been just phenomenal. Um, and I have the Cowboys at six. I, okay. The Cowboys, I think, are capable of beating every team in the league if they run the ball more than they pass the ball. But they don't do that. So screw them. Yeah, so McCarthy learns that you can actually run a football and you have a great <laughs> offensive line. Well, I made the point on Monday's pod. I was like, you know, if not every team can do that. You know, I get a lot of crit- – I've gotten a lot of criticism about my feelings on this where I've said, hey, mm-hmm. run the football, run the football, run the football. People have been like, well, not every team can run the ball like that. But yeah, but the Cowboys can. They've got two good running backs. They've got a really good offensive line. And I compared and contrasted them with the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, the Bengals are running the ball too much. You know, they got to get they're, – they're doing it to try to slow defensive lines down. I get why they're trying to do it mm-hmm. because they don't want everybody just bum-rushing the quarterback. Sure. Because their offensive line stinks. But – so, again, I see the point. But at the same time, I, if you're that good in offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott's as good as any back in the league. And then when they bring in – and I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Now, the other, the other running back, the change of pace guy they use, he's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Zeke just, he has struggled during the mid part of the season because I have, I had the game on um, this week and they were saying he's only, he hasn't rushed above 50 yards for like the last five games. Yeah. He's at, I'm looking at it right now. He's had 201 rushing attempts for 862 yards. Tony Pollard is the one I can't think of. He's at 119 attempts at 676. He's averaging 5.7. Now, a lot of times it's draw plays. It's, it's third mm-hmm. down. Right. Jumps out. Zeke's still averaging 4.3 yards a carry. I, you know, I just think that – I think it makes Dak a more effective quarterback. I think it brings 
linebackers and it brings in an extra guy into the box when you have yeah. to run the ball effectively, which is going to help out the outside guys. You're going to get more man coverage on CD land. You're going to get more coverage on less, less coverage on, um, on Cooper. Mm-hmm. That's going to but help your team. I just don't get it. I, I guess that's why I'm sitting here and Mike McCarthy's having got a second coaching job. I, I don't know, but um, yeah, that also where I was going to go earlier, I'm going to come back to this. So yes. I was watching, so we're talking about great coaches and uh, we're talking about the big Buffalo and New England game this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both know that Belichick's going to have something different for Buffalo this time. They're not going to come out and run the ball 48 times. Well, they're not going to have 60 mile an hour wins. No. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> so I'm watching, <clears throat> pardon me again, um, I'm watching ESPN. This was on Friday. Mm-hmm. This is why I don't, and I don't normally watch ESPN during the day. I usually am at my office. I turn on CNBC. I leave it on because it's market related and I'm always working. But I decided on Friday I was going to turn off the market and I was going to put ESPN on. Mm-hmm. And I know that ESPN makes, has all these shows during the daytime and they're doing it because they have to have content. Yeah. But one of their, I don't even remember who it was now. One of their analysts was coming on saying, well, you can't win a football game. If you're the Patriots, you can't win by just throwing the ball three times in a game. And I about threw my water jug at the damn TV. Because it's clearly not what they're going to do every week. But he was saying, they can't do that. Well, no, you can't do that every week. But that's not who they are. You know, and they got sniped this past week. The Colts had something for them early. And they dug them, and the Patriots dug themselves in the hole, couldn't come out. Yeah. Well, and again, that game was yeah, it was the it was the anomaly. It was, right. It was driven by weather. My point is on this whole thing is that some of these analysts they have on ESPN are awful. And just and they they're they're arguing just for the sake of arguing. So I I have a friend, a common friend of ours. I'll tell mm-hmm. you who it is later off the air who loves like um, like the Skip Bayless shows on Fox, on, on FS1 and, and oh, yeah. stuff on ESPN and just loves all this argument bullshit where mm-hmm. they don't even believe what they're arguing. Right. You just take the point and the counterpoint. Like we're going to have, you know, crossfire sports style. Yep. And it's like none of this shit matters that much. You know, you ha- at least be consistent with your opinions. That's all I really care about. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't like how someone does something, at least be consistent. Look, you just said it about me a few minutes ago. I give the Bengals a lot of extra cover because I love Burrow. Yes. I admit that, but I'm consistent that way. Right. You know, I have consistently said I, the Cowboys can beat anybody this year. Why? I think they can run the ball better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's at least be consistent. You can be wrong, and that's okay. And you can admit later, hey, I was wrong about something. God knows I have been. But at least be consistent. That's fair. But that's, yeah, that's I mean. drives me crazy about some of those. That's why ESPN canceled the, the best of all those shows. And the best one? one is Holly Question. Oh, yeah. That you know. Levitard and Bomani and, 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 and Poppy because yeah. they were trying to do hot take TV. No. Hot take TV sucks. It does. And all of the major, you know, sports whether it's FS1 or, or ESPN, the last 10 years has just shifted to that bullshit, just argue for argument's sake. Yeah, yeah. Like, does anyone really think Skip Bayless believes anything he writes? 
or Colin Cowherd or yeah. whomever. Yeah, it's yeah. Colin Cowherd is the one who's the most inconsistent. Yeah, I love that Colin Cowherd for years on his old radio show would make fun of wrestling fans and wrestlers, but as soon as he got put on 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 FS1. And all of a sudden, he had to have guys on from the WWE because of their contract on that on Fox. He was mm-hmm. like, oh, I love Hulk Hogan. I love these guys. Wait a minute. I heard you on ESPN calling wrestling fans booger eaters. Yeah. You know, no, get the fuck out of here. I just, <laughs> no, I, and, and I think some of the things Colin Cowherd has said in the past are really smart. Well, but sure. I, Everyone gets lucky every once Where I'm like, you don't believe this. Yeah. And I think, and the one that's the worst to me, I won't even watch it now, but I see the highlights because, I mean, we're all on TikTok and we're all on Instagram and everything else is Shannon and Skip. No. I, I, oh, my God. I If I ever see Skip Bayless in person, I will bludgeon him with a blood option. Yeah. I, I, I'll look for the nearest heavy item and just fucking hit him with it. I haven't ever watched them. I will never watch them. It's just, oh. no. Thank you at least have some consistency. Like, I respect Nick Wright. I love Nick Wright. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with a lot of his takes. But God damn it, he's consistent. I mean, he's going to tell you he loves the Kansas City Chiefs, and he thinks yeah. Mahomes is the greatest, of, the greatest athlete of all time next to LeBron. Mm-hmm. And he, you will not back him off his beliefs. Like, that's fine. I can, I can live with that. You right. Know, consistent. We need more consistency in the world. We certainly more need it more in sports. <laughs> so all right um i got something else for you i wanted to so one week ago we were on and yep. i uh i gloated about urban meyer openly gloated about urban meyer and losing his job and i had someone reach out to me and say don't you feel bad he has a family that man lost his job you know what i told that person fuck no i don't feel bad about that guy <laughs> He's got enough money. His money, his family ain't hurting. Don't no. be an asshole to people, and I will start feeling sorry for you. But it's been a week, and um, now we have to talk about something, and we have to talk about it. Um, you ever drive by like a, a gas station and you mm-hmm. see where the Powerball is this much money? Yes. And you think about what you would do with that money. Yes. Okay. So my dream would be I would buy a sports franchise. I would buy oh. and run a sports franchise. Okay, even with the Three, four or five hundred million is not going to be enough. I get it. Like, right, we're right. Gonna, we're okay. gonna, we're just—it's the fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. Okay. And and I really look at Jacksonville Jaguars owner Shad Khan as like the worst case scenario of fantasy. This guy, if you don't know who Shad Khan is, he owns Jacksonville Jaguars. He bought the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2012 for $770 million. Mm-hmm. He's a billionaire. He was an auto parts billionaire. He made a bunch of money in auto parts. Still does. He's a multi-billionaire. He also owns Fulham in the um, the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're actually in the Premier League anymore. Because um, you have the, what they call it, relegation or something. I yeah. Know. I don't know exactly yeah. how that works. I'm not a European soccer fan. But um, he's done, from what I understand, a really piss-poor job as the owner of the Fulham team. And then he's also done a piss-poor job as the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, In his time, he bought the Jaguars in 2012. They beat the playoffs one time in the last 10 years. 
it's not his tenth season with the owner. They made it. To, they made it to the playoffs once. Um, that year, they did make it to the AFC Championship game. Lost to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Should have won that game. I remember watching that game. They should have won. And I remember the next year, I thought they were going to be really good. And they shit the bed. They have been shooting the bed ever since. Yep. I think Shad Khan is what many of us would want to be. You know, just stupid rich and can buy a team to buy a team. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he knows what the fuck he's doing. So, Ellen, I'm going to be here today to give Shad Khan some more advice. Okay. I gave him some advice a couple of weeks ago. He followed it clearly, and he got rid of Urban Meyer. Yes, strictly on your advice, though. I I think so. So let's go with it. So I'm going to give Shad Khan some more advice. Let's talk about this. So Shad Khan bought the team in 2012. Since then, uh, when he bought the team, Mike Malarkey was the coach of the team, and he kept him for the first year. The end of that season, Shad Khan fired the GM, hired a new GM. The GM didn't want to keep Malarkey, so I'm not going to hold that higher against him. Uh, the next year, uh, in 2013, uh, they, the Jaguars hired Gus Bradley. He was their coach for three and a half seasons. Uh, never made the playoffs, never mm-hmm. finished out of last place in their division. After three and a half seasons, um, middle of the season, Gus Bradley was fired. Doug Marone was then made the interim coach. After half a season, he was taking, they took the interim tag off of his um, job and let him become the full-time head coach. We know that almost never works. Right. Um, At least not for the long run. It does. They worked for Ed Ogeron just fine once, but um, Doug Marone was then the coach for four additional seasons. The one playoff season they've had, they went two and one in the playoffs. And they lost again, the, lost the Patriots. And the, the Doug Marone was fired last year. Urban Meyer was hired mm-hmm. and fired for 13 games. Now, um, right now, the current coach, um, oh gosh, I can't say, I don't have it in front of me now. Uh, defense coordinator became the interim coach. Uh-huh. There has been some talk now about who will be the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And there's a lot of different names getting thrown around. So, Ellen, I'm here to tell Shad Khan exactly who to hire as the next head coach. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. You're going to go down the road to Tampa. And you're going to go get Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Huh. Here's why it works. One, the guy's an offensive. He's not this offensive genius that, you know, some of these hot young guys are. People like McVay and people like LaFleur. These guys, you know, they're left, which is a perfect choice because he's even keeled. He's not a offensive guru in doing new things, but you can tell he can do different things. This is a guy that Tom Brady respects and listens to. Well, and he would be really good with Trevor Lawrence and yes. bringing him through. So I can yes. I can see that. If the guy can work with Tom Brady. And, yeah. and I don't mean this in the way we've seen some other guys who have been offensive coordinators, you know, from New England mm-hmm. who went on and weren't great head coaches. You know, Josh McDaniels, a couple other, yep. O'Brien. Here's why I think left, which is different. The other thing, Byron Leftwich is the second best quarterback that franchise ever had. Yeah. And I'll tell you, 
I don't know if you've ever seen this story or know anything about it. Do you know about Byron Leftwich in college? Uh, I'm not he sure. Played Miami, he played in Miami, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he, in his bowl game, his senior year, he broke his leg in the fourth quarter of that game. Mm. He played the rest of the game with a broken leg. At That's one hard. point on a drive late in the game to try to win the game, they're running down the field. Two of his offensive linemen had to help him get down the field. He's got his arm over one of the guy's shoulders. Mm-hmm. They're walking him down the field. That's crazy. Win the game and win the game. This guy's tough as nails. It's a kind of toughness <clears throat> that NFL players will react to. He's a mm-hmm. poor player. Yeah. He's someone who's well respected. Frankly, I think being African American helps him. People will, you know, young players want to play for that. Mm-hmm. He's been under Bruce Arians these last two years. So I think it's a better, I think it's a better trainer of head coaches than even Bill Belichick. Shad Khan should not even bother with a whole bunch of interviews. He should be calling Byron Leftwich and say, I would like you to be our new head coach. Interesting. So, Shad Khan, if you're listening, hire Byron Leftwich. When you do, I would like to be your new general manager. Hey, it can't hurt. I got to get something out of the deal. You can either make me the, you can either make me that, or you can make me the general manager of AEW. Your call, either way, I'll be good. Well, he. That's his son's, not his. his. Yeah, I listened to Tony Khan this morning on Busted Open Radio, and it. He he's like a he's like Rick Moran. He's like a Rick Moranis character to me. <laughs> if you, I'll show you a picture of him in a little bit. You'll laugh. Okay. So, um, but no, I, Shad Khan. There's your free advice from Coach Bo this week of how to run the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hire Byron Leftwich. That will be the win that you frankly need in your locker room. You've got to win the locker room. You don't have to win the press conference. You don't have to win. Don't worry about winning games these next three weeks. You've got to win your team back. Yeah, I, I, you know, I would agree on that point. And the way to win the team back is to get the most respected guy you can and a guy who I think has earned a shot to be a head coach in the NFL and has been in your organization. So you can bridge some of that early. You know, they, He was a good ball player and was yeah a player when they had some good times in Jacksonville. That's the guy. Go get him. Interesting. I like it. There you go. So again, Shad Khan is Coach Bo telling you this. And if you need me, <laughs> I will you can email me at coachbonoshow at gmail.com and I will give you my personal cell phone number and we can discuss my fee for doing this. <laughs> yeah. So what should I ask for? Money or a job? I mean, I would go with money. Money, I think money's better than a job right now. I got a pretty good job. I mean, that stress would not would not be my my thing at all. So I don't know. We'll talk. We should kind of talk. You need to to give me a call. So I know you're listening because clearly you are. (laughs) First off, we appreciate. Hey, first off, Mr. Khan, if I may, please rate us, review us, give us five stars. It doesn't take you a second to rate us and review us and give us five stars. Oh, shit. So once you do that, then send me an email, and I will be happy to call you or to email you, and we will have a conversation. So, yes. I look forward to hearing about this. Yeah, man's got a dream. 
So, all right. Let me ask you the question. So if you had the money, what franchise would you buy? <sighs> That's a really interesting question. It is because there's a company of ways you can go. Do you buy the team you're a fan of? Right. Like or I'm do thinking, you buy the team you can make the most money off of? Right. It, you know, do I buy the Bears to get that whole thing turned around, given that the McClaskies have owned it for ever? Can I be a GM? Um, I mean, yes. your, your first thing would be to fire Matt Nagy, so... Uh, oh, yeah. totally fine with that. Yeah. What you're a bear. We'll talk about the bears for a second. We'll come back to the other question. Hey, the bears, this just reminded me. What do you think of these rumors about them moving out into the suburbs? You know, once they shut down the racetrack, the uh, Arlington um, racetrack, it doesn't surprise me. I'd seen that there were some um, tentative agreements put into place, but mm-hmm. the city wasn't confirming it, I think. Yeah, uh, I mean, it would suck. What are they going to do with Soldier Stadium? So Soldier you know, Field. I, I mean, I heard this rumor when I was in Chicago a few weeks ago that if the Bears were to move to the outskirts of town to where that racetrack is, yeah, it's far enough from Soldier Field within the NFL rules that an expand a second expansion an expansion team could then be a second team in Chicago. I don't think that would work. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, the, yeah, I, I heard that. And then I heard like the, the so much so that the team would try to negotiate to keep the name, the bears. Mm-hmm. That's where I don't know how a city can negotiate that. I mean, you have to have somebody come in and purchase that, you know, kind of what Cleveland did with the Browns from, you know, what, what I don't know how that worked exactly when the new expansion team became the Browns after moving and becoming the Ravens. Yeah, I don't. Would you? Would you buy the? You'd buy the Bears? I don't know. Um, I think if I felt like I could get the staff in place to turn it around, because they've got some really good pieces, huh? um, I would do it. It would be really interesting to buy the Chiefs right now, because to your point of earning money they're going to be a top earner for at least the next five years. Yeah. Well, you're, you're buying an NFL franchise. You're printing money. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, Shadcon has tripled his money in the, in the 10 years he's on that team. It was 770 million to two the valuation. I just saw this actually. I'm about to mention this. The valuation of the Jags this year was $2.07 billion. Yeah, that's you tripled your money in 10 years. That's ridiculous. I mean, you're looking it at 25 percent a year returns. Can't and they're in the stock it, market. Yeah. And the NFL, you're going to make even more money with all these all the different rights you've got coming from you know Amazon and everything else coming on, all the television rights, streaming rights, yep. everything else. It's just a it's a, a license to print money. Yeah. So, but you would buy the bears. That'd be your that'd be yours. I mean, I think out of all the franchises, out of all the sports, if I had my druthers, I would buy the Cubs. Okay. See, now, I think this is where you and I are both a little weird because 
part of it is like for me, if it was the business, I would just buy the Saints and be all, be all good because it's my my favorite football team and it's the Saints and sure you know, you're printing money. I'd buy the Red Sox. I know you wouldn't make as much money in the long run, but I think I would enjoy owning the baseball team more than the football team in the long run. Yeah, I think I would too. So I think I think the more games thing is part of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, it's just there's more history. Yeah. I don't know. No one's buying the Red Sox anytime soon. They're, hell, they're buying teams. The Fenway company is buying, <sighs> they're buying the Penguins. I, I wish that I mean, Ricketts have dumped a shit ton of money into the Cubs, and I'm thankful for it. But he needs to go. Yeah. It, it's hard when you have a family owning the team nowadays. Yeah. You know, it really is. I mean, that, because you're so much of who you are, your network is tied up in that team that unless you've got tremendous amounts of money, and it's because of the expansion of the league and the expansion of the money rights, and whether it's Major League Baseball or the NFL, uh, you know, the, still, the Steelers have this problem. Yep. You know, so much of the team is still controlled by the Rooney family, and they've had to sell parts of it off over the years because they didn't have other monies. Right. The no, bang- I. That's why the Bengals are so bad. Well, the they're and, owned by the Brown family. They, the Brown family doesn't have any money other than owning the Bengals. And with, um, you know, Denver with Pat Bowen dying and everything that has gone on with the kids and the trust and who's getting what and when, it's, there's a lot going on. And most of it isn't really um, clear. Yeah. I, I'm trying to squeeze all the pennies I can together to buy a team. With the P money, mess up. I'm, I'm sure he would love that. He'll mess it up somehow. somehow. <laughs> you know, I, uh, yeah, that's a whole other subject that I'm not going to get into on the, on the podcast. <laughs> 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 All right, so hey, we're going to wrap it up here in a second, but I want to ask you got any, uh, any plans for Christmas? Anything interesting, fun? Nothing super exciting. I'm heading up to my brother's maybe Friday night or Saturday. I don't know. And just going to hang out with him and his family up in Boulder and okay. open stuff. Do you have any favorite kind of holiday trad- or Christmas traditions? Uh, no, we just start drinking really early. That's a good tradition. I mean, might as well. I, I give my brother and sister-in-law booze for Christmas because we're all old. We have yeah. what we need. And I'm like, I'll just buy a nice bottle of something. So, and that's the coolest gift you can give somebody sometimes because we are at that age now and we're both in our forties. And it's like, yeah, you know, when you need something or you really want, you just go get it. Right. You know, it's, it, it's the thought that it really is the thought that counts. Absolutely. You know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So no big plans uh, yeah. with Nicholas down and his dad's in Alabama. I'm just chilling for a couple of weeks. So you're not going to have like the drunken uncle that you have to worry about getting into a political argument with. Or anything. No, I, I don't. Since it's just me and my brother, yeah. <laughs> we'll just make fun of other people. See, that's what I, I, I enjoy. And so I, we're going to be going to my in-laws on uh, Christmas Eve. Okay. Which, yeah. I just, oh, I, I, you know, I, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, great people. They are. Mm-hmm. They've been they've been surrogate parents to me all these years. Mm-hmm. And uh, but man, there's sometimes where I just want to stop a couple people in that, that that room and just go, "Are you this dumb?" Yeah. I'm not talking about my brother-in-law. He he'll hear this and think it's about him. Not you, Andy. <laughs> I actually like you. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, I, oh, yeah, it'll be a little bit, that'll be a little bit stressful. But after that, I'll be home and I'll be able to relax. And then Christmas Good. Day, I get to see my brother and his kids. And I love my nieces. Oh, nice. You know, when I get, that's one of my favorite things in the whole world is that, you know, I got the one kid, you have the one kid, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's that kid becomes your whole life. Yeah. And, um, but what I do love, my brother has six kids, as we uh-huh. all know, and I love, they're all girls. And when the nieces come over, I, it's almost like I drop to my knees and I get hugged small. <laughs> and I love it. I love it because I don't get that from just having one kid and a son. Right. The kind of father-son dynamic is different. Mm-hmm. so yeah well right. that would be nice so yeah we'll see that other than that i have no other plans this weekend i'm gonna do absolutely nothing christmas night after they all leave i'm gonna watch die hard if there's any football still going on i'll watch it and then i'll watch die hard and then i'll probably be in some kind of a drunken stupor by then and then i'll wake up the next day and jen will say happy birthday she'll give me a kiss and i'll eat some breakfast and then i will go into my usual malaise of birthday birthday <laughs> malaise that i go into every year i don't know why that happens i just have yeah. it's one of those things with it right around the holidays and everything else yeah. i think that's a lot of it yeah hey did you I, i'm assuming you listen to monday's podcast already i did okay and did you listen to the very end i talked about you know this, this is a time of there's a yeah, lot of people going through a lot of stuff and i admitted you, some of my own sadness yep yeah, yep yeah. um I don't often like to talk about personal stuff, but I'm going to talk mm-hmm. about it a little bit now. I'm going to let you in on the secret and what's going on. So I got a phone call yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a grandmother and my mom's mom. Mm-hmm. If you know me, you know my mom passed away about 20 years ago. I lost my mom at a young age. And um, it was tough. But my grandmother has been my surrogate mom all these years. Mm-hmm. And she has dementia. She's been in the facility now for most of 2021, a little bit of 2020. And we got news yesterday. She's going into hospice care and it's the end is soon. Mm, I'm so sorry. And and when you know, you know, and I've known for a while this is going to happen. So I'm I'm mentally able to kind of handle it. I've dealt with the loss of parents as I know you have too. And once you've been through it once, you can kind of process things a little easier. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to say, the reason I wanted to share it is not because of me. I wanted to share it because this time of year, we miss those we love. And for people who are listening, if you have someone like that, that you miss and you love, honor them, think about them. And, you know, for those of us who recognize that someone has that, put your arm around them, give them a hug, give them a kiss, tell them you love them. Yeah. And take that time, take this time, especially in COVID times, we've all kind of seen the world a little differently in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Take the time and tell somebody you love them. So Ellen is one of my best friends. I love you. I love you. I love you too, Bo. You very much. And uh, but I think it's important. I think it's important we tell people. And absolutely. And I know I'm kind of weird in that I'm I'm that kind of guy who will tell a friend he loves. You know, I had lunch with a buddy of ours last week who yeah had his birthday, and I said, "Hey man, I'm in town. Let me go take you to lunch." We go grab lunch, and I told him, "Give him a big hug as we're leaving." I said, "Man, I love you." No, I, I'll just text him randomly. Yeah. I'm like, just text me. I love you. It's, it's because I'm not afraid of that. I'm not one of those too tough a guy to tell somebody they love them kind of thing. But I think during the holidays, we need to hear it more. So, so E, love you, girl. Love you. Yeah. Um, let me know if you need anything with your grandma and that kind of stuff. And yeah. hopefully you get a chance to get down there and 
Yeah. And Seer. I am going to try to go either right after Christmas or after New Year's. So we'll talk about recording and how that's going to all work. Sure. I've already discussed it with Tyler behind the scenes. So okay. we, we, we may have a sub one day if we need to, or we'll figure something out. Oh, one last fun thing. And okay. God, I need your help. We're going to have to figure this shit out. All right. So, you know, we made the challenge to the guys from the Jones Report. Yes. We challenged the guys in a bowl pick them. I haven't have even, I, I haven't looked at the spreadsheet. Oh God, so. we're getting, we're getting our ass kicked out. Getting housed, huh? All right, let me tell you something. Bro. I, I updated everything on Monday. Okay. It was even money for money. We had five wins. They had five wins. Right. Okay. So again, we're updating. This is as of Wednesday afternoon as we're doing this. Um, in the beginning, I was ahead of everybody. Because you were four and three, right? I was four and three at one point. Or four and I mean, it was four and five because we were at nine games. I was four. And I was ahead at four and five. I was somehow ahead of everybody. Um, so Tyler and Tom now have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They have ten wins. Okay. We have seven. Am I still just carrying that one win? <laughs> no, you've won two in a row. I'm on a three-game losing streak. You've won two in a row. You got Wyoming, San Diego State. Um, Thomas Bridges from the Jones Report is now on a four-game win streak. See, you and Tom were the were like you guys were the anchors. Tyler and I were trying to pull. Correct. And luckily, I was able to pull you a little further in the beginning. But we got some big games coming. We got to have. We got to have we- Florida. We got to have yeah. Florida. By the time you hear the pod, it's going to be over. So we got to have Florida. We got to have Houston. Um, the biggest losses for us were Appalachian State and BYU. Right. Because I had. You had App as your five. Yep. Now, so what we really need, the game is the game changer for us is Oregon. We need Oregon to beat OU. Which I think is very doable. Yeah. Now, you picked OU. This is why I think we have a chance here. So did both the guys from the Jones Report. Okay. But they also both picked OU as a three and a five. Oh, yeah. So, so that, we that would Oregon, be. We can pick up the point, and we can smack them down there. That'll get us back in this. Houston's big because we both picked Houston. Tyler picked Auburn. So we can pick up games like that. But we're going to have to – some of these, this is not going to matter. Um, and now it's weird because I'm looking at the spreadsheet and I'm going, okay, there's some of these games where I'm rooting against myself. <laughs> we, need, we need your pick, Virginia, Virginia Tech, to come through because the, your pick, you picked Virginia Tech. The, all the rest of the three of us picked Maryland. Gotcha. And that's where we could pick up a game. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, that one, uh, we need Baylor. Okay. We need Ohio State. Um, let's see, Bama's all those all there. We Michigan wouldn't hurt us; it would actually help. But I also have Georgia as the national champion, so that's one of those we can't we can lose the point. Yeah. So right. The, the bottom girl. Bottom line is we're getting killed. It's not looking good. 
Well, I don't we'll know see. what you were thinking. Now, hey. I say that, and I'm only one game ahead of you. So, uh, Tyler is now one, two, three, four, five. He's five and seven. Tom is also five and seven. I'm, so, no one even has a winning. No one's got a winning record. I'm four and eight. And you are three and nine. So, I mean, we are we are behind. We were ahead. We were tied. It was looking good. And then my three game losing streak. But you're on a two game win streak. But Tom's on a four game win streak. We got to We got to somehow. So what we need is to stop his streak and continue yours. Army has to beat Mizzou. So, how will points be calculated if? similar to the Gator Bowl, teams can't play. We'll just take that game off the thing. Okay. Yeah. So, yes, the A&M game, let me pull that up. So, we know that A&M and Wake, and see, that was a game that would help us. Okay. You picked Wake. Mm -hmm. We all had A&M. But us losing one and gaining one is better than them losing. It's better than them losing two. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll end up losing that completely. But yeah, that was one that we just got to get some of these games. There's so many games that were split. Yeah. Now, I did try to, because, again, I had the – I was able to look at yours when I was picking mine. Right. There was some I did try to match them up. But, yeah. I just don't want to lose to the guys from the Jones Report. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the expert around here, and I can't uh, – I'm already two games down to Jones on his picks, on his podcast, where he chooses the games, and I just can't lose to him twice. Well, we can only pick them. We can't play the game. I know. I'm going to have to have some some Zoom calls to coaches. (laughs) Good luck with that. Yeah. Oregon. Oregon. If you're listening to the Coach Bodo's podcast, you're rooting for Oregon this week. So, all right. That's their update there. So. Um, and you, I will not talk to you between now and Christmas. So Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. And um, I will chat with you next week. We'll do the point five again next week. All right. And, uh, if uh, anything else you want to throw out there to listeners as far as what's going on, uh, anything going on? Nope. Nope. Just I hope everyone enjoys their holidays yep. and with their family or friends or yep. chosen families. And, and- and- if you want to give Ellen a gift for for Christmas, send us, you can send me uh, you can send pics to at Ellie's Bedhead <laughs> on Instagram. Oh shit, no. So, I would invite you to send them. I think she also it got to be it's got to be all nude, not just not just the package. I really I don't want thick pics, so we'll just we'll hold on that. But I appreciate the offer. Guys, send them to at Ellie's Bedhead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Ellen, thank you. I'll talk to you next week. And uh, everybody who listening, have a great Christmas. Uh, I'll be back here in a couple minutes for one last rant. And uh, we'll chat a little bit. Sounds great. Bye.